0: Welcome to the Resilient Life Hacks podcast. Join host Liz Myers and her guests as they explore resiliency through the lens of personal stories. Tune in weekly for inspiration and doable life hacks to overcome adversity and thrive in life. The opinions, beliefs, and viewpoints expressed by guests of this show are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of Elizabeth or Resilient Life Hacks ministries
1: friends. Welcome back to the Resilient Life Hacks Podcast. I'm your host, Liz Myers, and today we have with us Katie Corbett. She has a master's degree in community health education, and she's a certified education, I'm sorry, a certified health educator, and uh, we have in common that we both have eight kids that we homeschool, and she is here today to talk to us about our health and how we can Get some life hacks in that area so that we can stop being frustrated by by health issues and learn to eat for the right reasons, the
2: right way. So I'm so excited to hear what you have to share with us. Thank you for joining us, Katie. Thank you so much for having me. This is my passion: It's just helping women kind of get over this so mm-hmm. they can just go live an awesome life and yes, um, you know, get beyond that struggle with the yo-yo dieting and everything. Mm-hmm. So because that was me for 30 years, I think I, I you know I struggled with yo-yo dieting and I was I'd go to the playground with my kids and I, and I would be, you know, wondering like why can't I lose weight where like this mom over here just had a baby last month and she looks amazing and she's mm-hmm. already back in her pre-pregnancy jeans and here I am. I have a master's degree in health and yet this is so elusive for me. It felt so hard. So um, I, after I had uh, my seventh baby, I found myself 70 pounds overweight. Um, a friend had just finished an Ironman competition Mm -hmm. and I was so excited for her. We had cheered her on and we had watched her progress throughout the whole day and I don't know if if you or your listeners are familiar with what that is but it's intense. I think it's mm-hmm. a 2-mile swim, then a 110-mile bike ride and then a full marathon. And and you have to do it within a certain amount of time or or you don't become an ironman. But she right. did it and it was so fascinating to me. And so I, we were so excited and we were cheering her on, but the very next thought I had was jealousy. And I'm mm-hmm. not a jealous person, but yeah. I really was like well, it must be nice to have so much free time that you can just go for a bike ride for hours or... And I, I didn't know at the time, but what I was feeling was just a lack of self-care. I had didn't even have a hairbrush. Um, I, you know, I just would grab my daughter's hairbrush. I really mm-hmm. put myself on a back burner but I would meet my needs that I had by eating, and that was really the only form of self-care that I actually knew how to do. But I didn't even know that that was what I was doing. It just right. felt like at the end of the day, the, the the bowl of ice cream or the cookies or the chocolate, it like felt so irresistible to me. Mm-hmm. Like I, I it and that was the way my brain was trying to get me to like, this is ca- this will calm you down, this will help you relax. Or like I don't I don't know about you, but in our house, four o'clock. Would Mm -hmm. get crazy loud. (laughs) Like it just gets (laughs) the dial of volume. I don't know why, but it's just the dial gets turned up and then. I would always go grab a handful of chocolate chips. Like that Mm -hmm. was just, you know, my brain was like, it's not dinner yet, but you don't, you are hungry. So go grab some chocolate chips and that's what you should go eat. That sounds like a great idea. (laughs) Well, it's (laughs) like a reward for surviving
1: a a day of homeschooling a bunch of kids. I can totally relate. Yeah. When when we first, uh, you know, connected, I was, I saw that the title of your, your website was health, wellness and chocolate. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I got to speak to this woman (laughs) because
2: you're a certified health educator. I'm a certified chocoholic. So. Right. Well, there we go. Yeah, we were meant to be, right? Yeah. Well, I I named it health, wellness, and chocolate because I really wanted people to understand because I love chocolate too. And I wanted people to think, I think sometimes we feel like there's a spectrum of health, right? But it's all or nothing, especially Mm -hmm. if you diet a lot. You feel like I have to eat perfectly or I have to eat everything in sight. Like there's Mm -hmm. no middle ground. So I I wanted to convey the message of like, you can have health and wellness, but you can also have chocolate, but you just have to understand why... You want it so badly, you mm-hmm. know. Or is it just a substitute for almost anything else in your life? Like, if you're, if the happiest point of your day is when you can sit down and have something delicious to eat, that might be a red flag for you. That, like, hey, life's out of balance a little bit. I'm really mm-hmm. not taking care of myself in any other way other than just feeding myself, and that might just be the season you're in, um, and and that might be the only way you are getting any needs met is just having that little break of time. So my goal was really to help people realize, like, where are the gaps in your life? And let's fill them up with living as opposed to just eating. And mm-hmm. then if you are overweight and you struggle with your weight, that will really take care of itself. And so that's what I had learned when I started um, with the after my friend um, had done the Ironman competition and I felt jealous. I was it was a it was a wake up moment for me. And mm-hmm. I'm like, OK. I really need to start doing something for my health. But the thought of another diet, it, I was like, I can't, I just can't, I, I I was felt like impossible to me. And I just felt like, I just don't want to be hungry all the time. I don't want that. I don't want another diet. They don't work. I would try Like, I mean, I tried everything and for years and and i just i would try pills i would try shakes i tried juicing and i made it to like 10 a.m and then i cried and i ate a banana like it just (laughs) was impossible and so um like you know i tried separating out the carbs and the fats and you know all, all the things i tried and then i just was like i'm not doing that i i have a master's degree i'm gonna research and figure out why is this so impossible What are the people that have sustained weight loss? What do they do? Um, And and like start to learn about that and see what am I missing? Something's missing that I'm not doing. It's not dieting because that's not Mm -hmm. working. And so I gave myself a year of grace. I'm like, I'm not going to diet. I'm going to figure this out. And so during my year of grace, I learned a lot about emotional intelligence. And one of the main takeaways I learned was people who are overweight tend to score low on emotional intelligence, which means they probably – were, you know, they were raised maybe in a home where they didn't learn how to cope very well with their feelings, or maybe their parents didn't know either. Um, and so in order to feel better, they learned very early on, if I eat something, I'll just feel better. And your brain really, the your brain really just wants to keep you alive and keep you happy. And and so it will find the shortest cut it can, and then it'll just tell you to do that over and over again. So you really might feel biologically hungry after a stressful day. And, and you might even say like, no, my stomach is actually growling, but it's actually your brain sending the hormones out, saying it's time to eat, because it knows like if you eat, you'll feel better. And that it's not, your brain doesn't necessarily do what's best for you. In the long term, but it will do what it thinks you need right now, you right. know. And so once you can start, come, you know, like kind of paying attention to that and and kind of calling your brain out, like, wait, I know I'm not hungry right now, and and saying, I think something else is going on, and then start learning about what actually is going on behind the scenes of your brain, like, well, why do I feel stressed right now? What else is happening? So for me, going back to that four o'clock example the kids would be really loud. And and it was just um, a weird time of day. It wasn't quite dinner, definitely not bedtime. We finished schooling. So I was really tired. Um, And I would feel guilty because I wanted this many kids. I wanted the lifestyle of homeschooling. So I felt guilty for feeling overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. Now I know, like, I feel overwhelmed because I care. And and, it is a hard job, right? Like, I can give myself that grace. But then I didn't get that. I just felt bad. And then because I felt overwhelmed, I felt guilty. And eating chocolate chips made me feel better. So Mm -hmm. learning like, okay, I feel this way. And I'm eating the chocolate chips, like what else could I do instead, that would help me feel really good and support me in these long term health goals, but that I could do um, in instead in this season of my life, and I just started going outside with them at four o'clock. And it sounds really easy like why didn't I think of this before but I just didn't Mm -hmm. and so now every day at four I'm outside the kids play in the yard you know I have a two-year-old and I have um A six-year-old, an eight-year-old, a a ten-year-old—like so—they're little, you know. Mm -hmm. But they can play in the yard, and they—we have a driveway that goes in a circle, and it's off the road, so they can be riding their bikes. And I literally walk around my circle, Mm -hmm. and I put a podcast on, and so being outside, getting fresh air, moving my body—like that helps me decompress just as much as eating those chocolate chips did. Mm. So I really just had to find a substitute that felt just as good um, to me. And then when I would come back inside when it was time to cook dinner, I I felt that relief. I felt de-stressed. And and so it was really learning, like what else could work for me that would help in the long-term rather than always turning to food. And after I started doing this, I lost over 60 pounds and I didn't Mm. diet, I didn't feel deprived. I actually became more of the person who I wanted to be because I learned how to take care of myself. I learned how to get needs met without using food. And, you know, you, there was so much more than just the weight. And I, I teach my students now, you know, extra weight is just a symptom of life out of balance. And if you can learn how to balance it out, the weight will really take care of itself. Like you, you probably won't be able to eat, you know, handfuls of chocolate chips all the time, but you're it won't you won't feel deprived about it right because you'll understand Mm -hmm. the, the why behind the desire to do it and then once you can kind of go through that you'll feel better and you won't need it so the pull for that won't feel so strong anymore
1: I can relate to so many things of what you're saying of just that feeling guilty of feeling overwhelmed because it's like, I want this, but some days it just feels a little too much to handle. And I, you know, I've done similar things, but I've always thought of, oh, I'll replace chocolate with some other healthy food, which doesn't work. I read somewhere that if you crave a lot of chocolate, you're deficient in some something, I forget what it is, but green peas have that thing. And I'm like, yeah, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to reach for green peas when I'm for chocolate.
2: Right, right. (laughs) But what I like about
1: what you're saying is, you're kind of going even deeper than the food level. Right. It's not mm-hmm. replacing that food with a healthier food. Like, oh, I'm going to eat carrot sticks now, right?
2: Because that's you're replacing. You. That. Yeah,
1: right. You're replacing yeah. that with a healthier activity, which I can totally mm-hmm. relate to. We just moved out to the country, and like my mm-hmm. new de-stressor right now is I just sit in my lawn chair and I watch our baby chickens. Oh, that's <laughs> they awesome. are so yeah. cute and entertaining, yeah. and I just I feel so light after. Do- I mean, it sounds simple mm-hmm. and almost ridiculous, but. But it works for me. Right. I was reading through some of the things on your website and I'm fascinated by the idea you presented of we have two stomachs and oh, one's yes. real mm-hmm. and one's lying to us. So can you elaborate yeah. on that a little more? Sure.
2: Yeah, yeah. I touched on it really briefly, but yeah, we'll go a little yeah. deeper. So remember what I was saying with your brain, it will on it its job is to kind of keep you safe um and and keep you happy and and um you know make sure that you're not like too stressed. Okay, so it will send out chemicals. And and so you basically have these two stomachs, you have your phantom stomach and your biological stomach. So your biological stomach, when you're actually biologically hungry, you, you know, hunger comes on slowly, it will come on in waves. And you might dissipate a little bit but then it might come back again and you and it's usually like after about three to four hours after you've last eaten so you'll feel like okay i could probably i think it's probably getting time for lunch or yeah i could really go for something to eat soon but it's not urgent so your phantom hunger or like this the second stomach um, it's, that's the emotional stomach. Okay. So when you have some sort of unpleasant emotion that, that, um, you're experiencing or that your brain just doesn't want to deal with all of a sudden you're going to feel hungry, but, or, or just maybe out of habit. Um, so for example, when I would pull up my driveway, because I, we always had little kids for 20 years, I would pull up my driveway and I would, it would be time to feed them like because we whatever it was we'd be out for the time being and so whenever we got home it was always like time to eat and once I learned this, I we, I ran to the post office, which is only five minutes away. And I came home and I pulled up the driveway and I actually like heard the thought in my head, like, okay, it's time to eat. And I was like, wait a second, no, it's not. But I actually did feel like my stomach growl a little bit. And I was like, wait a minute, this is fascinating. You know, like I never had that connection before. But then once I learned this, I was able to say like, I know I'm not actually hungry right now. I think it was just habit. Like it was just pulling up the driveway was my brain saying, okay, this is what we do next, right? Because your brain wants to conserve as much energy as possible. It uses a lot of energy when it has to work. So it automates as much as it possibly can. And one of the ways it automates is to have an emotion or habit, and then it will short circuit and say, okay, I'm gonna tell you um, that you're hungry because I know how to solve this problem for you. You're hungry. So what you need to do really is start paying attention and knowing, okay, is my hunger coming on slowly in waves? Will um, an apple or those carrot sticks actually satisfy me? Like, am I actually looking for nourishment or am I looking for the chocolate? Am I searching the fridge um, looking for something very specific? You know, did I just see a commercial about a juicy burger and that's what I have to have? Or, you know, like it's something usually really specific. Um, If it's like that phantom hunger, it's going to come on so fast, you're going to want it. Um, It's going to feel urgent. Um, And then, usually, if you do go ahead and eat it, you're gonna feel guilty shortly thereafter. You're gonna have regrets about it. So those are kind of like the two, the ways you can kind of identify, like are you emotionally eating using that phantom stomach or are you genuinely hungry? Um, and you want to go ahead and find nourishment for yourself. So if it's if you're generally, if you're, if you are genuinely hungry, you know you might want like a salad with grilled chicken and you know like that might sound really good to you or if maybe it's chilly outside and you want a hot bowl of soup um but if it's you know that that um phantom hunger it might just be oh i need to have this chocolate cake right now you know or it has you know, what whatever it could be mm-hmm. for you but like that's um that's kind of how you can tell the difference and how you're using food it, is this this phantom hunger your two stomachs really yeah that's
1: great and that's um i like how you broke that down for us where we can identify those i've also heard sometimes when we have hunger pangs we're actually thirsty yeah so i always try you know if i'm craving something i try water first and sometimes that just fixes it sometimes Mm -hmm. it's like oh i was actually thirsty but my brain just was confused on what i wanted or i've noticed sometimes it's like oh you know i want this you know whatever and then i think well you know what if i did eat something healthy well i'm not that hungry it's (laughs) it's like okay i'm not actually hungry i just want that that sweet thing Mm -hmm. For whatever yeah. reason.
0: When building a resilient life, the first step Liz coaches people to take is to spend time daily with God. When you seek God consistently, he will show you the best next step for your journey. If you'd like a peek at how Elizabeth connects with God regularly, download her free prayer guide and journal at elizabethmyersme forward slash prayer guide. You can now have the same journal Elizabeth uses every day and make it your own
1: but i recently learned this fascinated me that we have more neurons in our gut area than we do in either our peripheral nervous system or our central nervous like our spinal cord um you know either one of those independently and that there is actually a lot of thought if you want to call it that that mm-hmm. happens in relation to our gut and you think of that's where like the seat of our emotions are and mm-hmm. so those things actually are biologically
2: more entwined than yeah. i ever realized right yeah yeah and if you aren't attuned to it like so you're the with the central nervous system too i've been reading a lot about it as well and if you are constantly someone who's very anxious you've actually like thrown it off a bit Right? Mm-hmm. So you kind of almost have to get that back in line. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then you can deal with the weight, but until you kind of deal with the other stuff, the weight really is, is secondary almost. And I know, it, and I know it feels so urgent to want, like once you decide like, Oh no, I have to lose it. And like, you feel like it's so urgent and and no, you don't understand. I really have to get this weight off. But it's like, if you don't do the hard work, of actually figuring out what what's going on behind the scenes um, and how you're using food the weight will just come back on because life happens and and how you do some things is usually how you do all things so you might be able to white knuckle your way through a diet and maybe even get close to a goal weight but eventually the old habits will creep back in because you you'll just your brain loves automaticity and it will just mm-hmm. love to always just do for you what it always has, yeah. you know, and so eventually you'll get tired emotionally and mentally of, of fighting that and your brain will always win out. And so you'll you will just fall back on those old habits again if you haven't learned how to change them and, and understand you know why they happened and how they cropped up in the first place. Right. It's like trying to swim upstream. You know, yeah. you could do it for a while, but
1: when you're tired yeah. or, you know, you've had a bad day, you're going to fall right back into it. Yeah. And then right. that follows with the guilt, which right. makes it all worse. And doesn't, yeah. Yeah. Doesn't
2: and then, the and then, right. And then if you have that diet mentality of this all or nothing thinking, you think, well, am I eating perfectly? And I'm on, I'm on this diet and I'm doing so well, but then life happens and it happens for everybody. And if you're not really learning how to cope emotionally and only using food, all of a sudden, you're going to have that cheat food and be off your diet, right? Because now we're only thinking in black and white terms. And now you're going to say, well, I'm going to give myself permission to eat whatever I want. Since I already blew the diet, Mm -hmm. I'm just going to go ahead and eat my way till Monday, you know, and then it's like, (laughs) well, Monday becomes like, I'll just wait till the new year. And then, you know, and so it's kind of like, if you can, if you can get rid of the all or nothing terms and think more of, of like okay well what does my body need right now and give yourself more grace about it too like you know I did have a hard day and I would like some chocolate and then then allow it right but like come from a place of of um of of empowering yourself like okay I'm gonna have a piece of chocolate but like don't gobble it then like sit down Mm -hmm. have a cup of tea with it or whatever and like enjoy it and savor it and taste it and like don't get like the cheap chocolate like go ahead and get the like the best quality Mm -hmm. chocolate you can afford so that it's really an event for you you know Mm -hmm. put it on a beautiful plate sit at the table you know what i mean like make it make it like something that's wonderful for you to do, um, as opposed to something that you would feel guilty about, like be intentional if you're going to have it and, and totally give yourself permission so that there's no guilt. There's no, Oh boy, I really blew it. Now I'm going to just have the rest of the bag or, you know, Mm -hmm. it's, it's like, go, go from a different perspective, you know, and, and do it that way. I
1: first became aware of that kind of concept. We were reading You know, for for homeschool, we were reading some read aloud that was a historical fiction, and it was set in the World War II era, where chocolate was really limited. And it was a group of children. I can't even remember which book it was, but they divvied it up, you know, into little small pieces, and then they savored like, you know, or they would save it for several days. And I was like, wow, you know, here I am, a chocolate lover, but I just scarf it down so fast. I'm like, did I even taste what I, (laughs) what I was just craving? Uh, But I, you know, that idea of if you're gonna have it, like actually enjoy it, like yes. be, be in the moment with that. And yes. what has really frustrated me as I try to figure out, you know, the best way to eat healthy is mm. the experts don't agree. <laughs> My friends mm-hmm. don't agree. You know, everybody mm-hmm. has their, oh, this is the way that you need to do it and this worked for me and this worked yeah. for me and this will work for you. Right. And I try that thing, yeah. it doesn't work for me. Right. <laughs> and that's yeah. so it gets frustrating cuz you're like, oh, it's it's this thing. No, it's this thing. Well, if yeah. I cut out this or if I eat more of that and mm-hmm. it really uh, can get overwhelming and
2: confusing. Yes. Yeah. So what I do, I actually don't give a diet plan to the clients that I work with. What I tell them to do is basically by the time they get to me, they have tried everything and they really probably know what works best for them. Like, oh, I know if I eat low carb, I'm really tired and I feel sluggish. Or mm-hmm. I know if I have high fat, I don't I don't feel good either. Right. Like so they kind of know. And so what I do is I say, Whatever you eat, give yourself permission to eat everything. There's no off limits. But what i want you to do and this is really the root of it is changing your relationship to food so that you don't feel like i you know you're on a diet Mm -hmm. but whatever you do um you're going to write down what you eat 24 hours ahead of time and then you're going to stick to it for the next day and the reason i have you do this is because when you write down what you eat 24 hours ahead of time you use a region of your brain called the prefrontal cortex and that is the part of your brain that is it's in charge of like your values um long-term thinking it will you can make decisions with your goals in mind, and so when I have you write that out, you're writing from that place, right? You're you're considering your goals, you're considering like who you want to be in the future. So you're kind of thinking of your future self and thinking, okay, if I wanted to lose 60 pounds, what would I need to eat today? That's going to nourish me. That's going to give me the energy I need to get through the day. Um, it's got, you're going to consider, okay, I have um, we, we have church on Wednesday night, so I'm going to make something in the crock pot and it's so that way we're not grabbing fast food like you're gonna consider all of this on, on Tuesday morning when you're writing out your plan for the next day and then you're gonna stick to it and that is where the hard work comes in is just sticking to your word because when you diet over and over again you really do erode your self-confidence and um, you you tend to kind of go back on your word to yourself and a lot of times too you're probably a people pleaser and so you have no problem serving everybody else but when it comes to you keeping your word to yourself a lot of of times you won't so this really trains you to have to keep your word to yourself but at the end of the day when you have stuck to that eating plan it does build your self-confidence and it builds your self-efficacy and you start believing in yourself, like, you know what, I can do this. And and you were able to have that piece of chocolate if you wanted it, because you planned it 24 hours ahead of time, because you're planning it from that, that prefrontal cortex, as opposed to, so the region of your brain called the limbic system, that's the part of your brain it's kind of like the reactor part of your brain that's the part that's like let's just eat it what the heck we're just gonna have it this is gonna be great you know like no regrets like we're all in with yeah. that with those fries let's go you know mm-hmm. but it's like you know what have the fries but plan it for tomorrow and then you might find if you give yourself self those 24 hours You might find like the allure of that is is kind of gone like that Mm -hmm. urge to have it has dissipated or maybe you decide no you know saturday night is date night and i'm going to have dessert when we go out to that restaurant and i'm going to plan it and i'm going to taste it and savor it and really enjoy it and what you'll start to notice is you you start to up level um, the treats that you have, you're like, you know, I'm not, that doesn't taste good to me. Like that, Mm. that birthday cake or that candy takes, tastes waxy. I don't Mm. want it. And, and so I struggled so much with it with, um, blizzards from Dairy Queen that was kind of like my thing you know (laughs) those are good (laughs) yes and there was never a a blizzard too big for me right like Mm -hmm. I just wanted the whole thing and it was it was chocolate with Reese's peanut butter cups and I just I could devour that and I would still want more like there was never a big enough blizzard and when I finally did this during my year of grace and I planned ahead and I said okay I'm gonna have a blizzard on Saturday when uh you know during our date night and and i got it and i was like i'm just gonna like pay attention to it instead of gobbling it down and i'm gonna taste it and really see um if i like it and so i i did and it wasn't cold the candy tasted waxy. I was beyond stunned. I, I you, you could have knocked me over with a feather. I was like, what? This doesn't even taste good. And so I didn't have all of it either. I wound up throwing some away. And I'm telling you, I would scrape the bottom mm-hmm. of the container, like trying not to get the wax from the plastic, <laughs> but like I would scrape it. And, and I was able to throw it away. And so it was just like calories I didn't need, but it wasn't deprivation, it was mm-hmm. more like, I don't really like this, I'm going to find something I actually do like and I'll have that instead. And so it it wasn't hard then, the next time they wanted ice cream to be like, you know, I'm good, I really don't want any. Mm-hmm. And, and that was irresistible to me before. So to me to, to be able to say that is really mm-hmm. powerful but it was like, it doesn't taste good. And so I'm gonna ha- wait and I'll have something that does taste good. And and that was like, just these little tiny shifts um, helped me get the weight off without really feeling deprived. And it was really those little tiny tweaks and getting to know, okay, what do I like to eat? Yeah, and paying attention to it and really taking the time being tedious with your food and figuring out like, I don't actually like this. Or, you know, when I noticed when I have bread, it it hurts to walk later on. Like, Mm -hmm. what's that about? You know, all these things where if you're just in a rush or eating on somebody else's meal plan or eating someone else's like diet plan that they determine for you the amount and the quantity and, and the, the quality of it, you don't learn that about yourself. So really, it's kind of an internal look inside and like, okay, what gives me energy? What don't I like? What do I like? and and learning that through this whole process, too. And that really does help with that self-efficacy, that belief in yourself, like, okay, I can do this. And that will snowball. You know you'll you'll be able to do it. and then it just becomes who you are then. So like Katie, now, you know, I don't sit at on the couch at night fighting the urge to have some dessert it actually doesn't cross my mind anymore like it's just not part of who I am um dessert doesn't call me the way it used to uh you know and I don't get me wrong we'll still have it uh, Mm -hmm. once in a while but it's not like this powerful urge of like I need to have this because I deserve it I made it through Mm -hmm. another day and so now I have to have it because this is the only happy time of my whole day right like there's a shift now you're not in bondage to it it's more like a tool that
1: you use deliberately
2: Mm -hmm. yeah yeah, definitely. Yeah,
1: I think the key is definitely being intentional about things. I had a, a similar experience to that when I was in college. One day I just realized, you know what? I don't even like soft drinks. I don't yeah. I don't like the carbonation. I, you know, it's too strong. And so I just kind of quit drinking them, and they're really not much of an attraction to me. Occasionally I'll have one. And then I go, oh, yeah, that's why I don't like those. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's why I don't drink those. And, you know, the same, like I said, I'm a holic. So to me, like if a dessert or a candy or something, I'm like, if it's not chocolate, I'm not going to waste the calories on it. I'm the same way. I'm, <laughs> I'm not into the fruity stuff. I want I nope. want the chocolate stuff. Me too. Um, yeah. But And yeah. I have done, so I haven't done the planning. I've done menu plans for like the family for the dinner for the week. Yeah, sure. Not for myself personally, but I have done a food log, you know, where you mm-hmm. write down what you ate. Yes. And you that do it was, after
2: though, like you do it after, right? Yeah. Or
1: kind of during, okay. which was very revealing to me because yeah. sometimes I would be like, well, I don't want to eat that because I don't want to have to admit in my journal that I ate yeah. it. Yeah. I don't want to record and, it. Right. Or I don't feel like writing that down. It's so tedious. So if I don't want it bad enough mm-hmm. to write it down, then I really don't want it at all. Yeah. It was just a habit I was reaching for. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it's that mid afternoon lull when I'm like, okay, <laughs> I need something to keep going so I can finish the day.
2: Yeah, definitely. Um,
1: So definitely, I think, you know, being intentional. I'm big on being intentional about what we think. Oh, yeah. Just Mm -hmm. because you have a thought doesn't mean it's true or it needs to be there. I really like how you're expanding this into not just what we think, but what we feel and how we Mm -hmm. feel about food and what we eat, what we put in our bodies. And being intentional about all of those things is is definitely rewarding. So thank you so much for for sharing your wisdom. I've learned so much. I know that our listeners have. Please let them know where they can get in touch with you if they want to learn more or if they want to get coaching from you on this.
2: Yeah, sure. So you can head over to healthwellnessandchocolate.com. And that's my website. And I offer a free printable. It's... um. Uh, 14 healthy meals that you can make in 30 minutes or less uh, that are you know family friendly and so I give you a grocery list and then I give you the the meal ideas that you can do along with it and so you can get that for free right on the website if you just go to healthwellnessandchocolate.com you can grab that from there and then I'm on Instagram um, it's at healthwellnesschocolate and again on Facebook health wellness and chocolate
1: okay Great. Well, yeah. thank you so much. And just thank before we, we sign off, I thought of another question while you were sure. just talking, but um, because we're both mothers of lots of kiddos, how do you instill this kind of thought process or this thinking towards food into the next generation? So they don't have the struggle that we've had. How can yeah. you start them off well from the beginning?
2: Okay. So I noticed for my own kids and whenever I said, all right, guys, it's time for school. They'd be like, we're hungry. I'm like, no, you're not. Cause I just made breakfast. Cause like, I don't know about you, but like, yeah. especially with homeschooling, the kids are always hungry, right? Like they're they have first breakfast, second, they're hobbits, right? Like they right. first, breakfast, that's breakfast. what we talk
1: talking about. I want to get one of those kitchen closed signs. Like,
2: yeah. First lunch, so. second lunch, you know, right. almost dinner say first yeah. dinner. But, um, yeah. So what I started doing was I, cause once I learned this, then because i grew up in a home of emotional eaters so i didn't know and like they taught me how to feel better was through food right so like i did that for the first 10 years 15 years of my um being adult an adult and and having children and so once i learned this information i was like okay let me and i started noticing i would tell some of my kids like okay guys it's time for school let's get started and they'd be like no we're hungry i'm like you're not hungry I think you just don't want to do school. And so your brain's like, let's get something to eat. Cause that's more that's definitely more fun than than doing yeah. our schoolwork right now. You know, so it's just noticing some of their habits. Or I'd be mm-hmm. like, you know, um, let's we'll have that we'll have a treat but let's wait until you know sunday you know we'll we'll have dessert but why don't we have something special when we go to the corn maids you know you know mm-hmm. what i mean like we, yeah. we'll not um constantly have it or right. it, we call it a sometimes food um yeah. You know so for in our, our family it's a lot um at bedtime time for bed right.
1: but i'm hungry you know and there's yeah. that mom thing of i cannot send my child to bed hungry what if uh-huh. they really are hungry i know <laughs> i
2: i do struggle with that too but i'm like no we had dinner and you don't need uh-huh. to eat right now like dinner's over and you know mm-hmm. that's it or if maybe they didn't like so sometimes they won't like what i make for dinner and then i'll like okay well you can have a banana or you can have an apple mm-hmm. um but like that's it the kitchen's closed this isn't you're not gonna to it has to be something like that will nourish you then if you're that hungry for it, you know, and that's Mm -hmm. it. And and that's what I'll allow. So, you know, it's, Mm -hmm. it is hard because especially you do have that mom guilt, like, Oh, I can't send them to bed hungry. Like, what am I going to do? But But I think
1: really, you know, in our culture in America today, we really don't know what it really means to be hungry um, too. And so I have to, you know, remind myself of that as well. But uh-huh. i have really enjoyed chatting with you i know this yeah, has been a blessing to our, our listeners too thank you so, so much yeah and um me. i will put all those links that you mentioned in our show notes so that people can reach out and and get a hold of you and learn more from you thank you thanks yeah, so much katie i would love
2: that thank you thanks for having me take care
0: you have been listening to resilient life hacks with liz myers the opinions beliefs and viewpoints expressed by the guests of this show are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of elizabeth resilient life hacks ministries to learn more and download your free guide to Liz's top 20 resilient life hacks go to resilientlifehacks.com subscribe now so you never miss the life hacks you need to live the life you want